wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Today, it's Elise and I here with you. Hi, Elise. Hi, Joe. <laughs> um, Fuad is away in Lebanon at the moment. So um, Elise and I thought we'd have a chat about some things that come up in our um, in the gut health program in our um, online group. But before we get into that, we want to remind you that we have an event. Oh, we have two events coming up very soon. Less yeah, than two weeks, Elise. I couldn't believe it. I saw you say something yesterday about it being in two weeks. I was like, oh, two weeks? That's very funny. I know. Where does the time go? Hey, it's, it's, it's like as soon as you get in those last couple of months on the way to Christmas, it's like the freight train out of control. Yeah, <laughs> so it feels like sometimes. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people feel that way at this time of year. But, you know, it's a good idea to um, take some time out of your busy schedule for important things like this. Um, learning about how to improve your health and it's really I find that um, we get a lot of feedback from people saying that it was so helpful for them and they loved um, what did we what did someone say they loved how it was a really gentle approach and yeah yeah I think quite a few people said that they loved that it was it was kind of like a breath of fresh air like they felt like a sigh of relief it's like oh okay I can actually just take a step back and relax slow down this journey rather than being like oh well I heard that this is really good for you and then I heard that this is really good too so I need to do all the things otherwise I'm not healthy and I'm not doing the right thing by my children but actually is is to slow it all right down and just take it one step at a time so yeah I think that was one that was a bit of yeah um yeah a lot of people find you know they get so overwhelmed and stressed when they're trying to work on healing for the family. And in our society, we want everything overnight, done, finished. Let's just get this done. (laughs) Gung-ho. But sometimes, um, well, it never takes overnight. Healing journey takes time. Um, And so many people I've talked to have said they saw, they saw really, you know, some really big changes early on, but then it seemed to all slow down and then it maybe took a year or two before they started to feel like they were really getting on top of things. Do you find that's quite common? Yes, and we actually did a podcast on that. So oh, we, John, did. we were talking about the podcast. I, I think I scrolled through and went, oh, my gosh, I don't even remember doing all this. <laughs> um, but there is one in there, and I think I've still got them up in front of me. There was one in there layers of healing it was a quirky journey 98 episode 98 so that was yeah and so that was kind of talking about that is how the layers of healing and that we need to allow time yeah yeah and also that we need to reduce the stress so that we are actually healing and not just getting more and more stressed and damaging our gut more (laughs) exactly yeah and i think it's good to look at health from that big picture perspective. If you're just looking at one, if you're going down one avenue so focused and um, got your blinkers on and just focused on that one avenue, which might be nutrition, and I say that because that's what I did. Mm. So going down that one path and not paying attention to any of the others, you're actually, you've got to look at that whole picture and go, is my health on a whole improving as a result of this? Um, Not just that one area. So it's, yeah. 
what we talk about a lot. Uh, That's the kind of underpinning of nourishing your family, those events, is that we're bringing it back to looking at all all aspects and and the big role stress plays and, and how to approach it in the best way for the whole family. Yeah, and taking it at your own pace and not putting all, you know, like so much pressure on yourself. Um, yeah, and that's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I still struggle with that. You oh, me too. see all the things and go, oh, I should be doing that. Why aren't I doing that? Yeah. Actually, I saw the funniest thing on, it's kind of funny and kind of sad, <laughs> on um, social media the other day. Um, it was, hang on, I'll just find it for you. It was a, a joking kind of quote about what mothers are expected to do these days and, um, you know, how much, how much is on us. Here, let me just find it. I've got to read this to you. Yeah, the pressure's okay. and I'd say, oh, you found it? Yeah. How to be a mum in 2019. Make sure your children's academic, emotional, psychological, mental, spiritual, physical, nutritional and social needs are met while being careful not to overstimulate, underestimate, improperly medicate, helicopter or neglect them in a screen-free, processed foods-free, plastic-free, body-positive, socially conscious, egalitarian but also authoritative, nurturing but fostering of independence, (laughs) gentle but not overly permissive, pesticide-free, two-storey, multilingual home, preferably in a cul-de-sac with a backyard. Also, don't forget the coconut oil. <laughs> How awesome is that? I mean, it makes you laugh, but it also makes you go, uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we put so much pressure on ourselves and we, and we tend to, you know, it's um, so easy to judge other people also without even realising it, thinking, oh, but they're not, they should be doing this or whatever, yeah. when really goodness me, we always have to look back and compare ourselves to ourselves and how far have I come and no. um, remember that, that you, you have come a long way and just keep working on it little by little and you will improve, um, but it's not a race, definitely, no, it's not a competition. I, yeah, and I often say to people, look at it like as a, at one end of the scale you've got eating McDonald's three times a day and the other Mm. end of the scale you've got your really healthy perfect diet that doesn't exist anyway and it's like (laughs) just want the momentum and I well I just said food then but not just food based you're stressed out lifestyle you're so busy and you're eating macas every day and there's no fun in your life and no joy and no socializing (laughs) um great diet socializing happy life good work-life balance and all those things and it's like just want to have you generally heading in that direction yeah um, and sometimes it's pulling up the freight train heading in the wrong direction can take the most time. And then once yes. you start turning around and then we get the momentum going in the other direction, it just gets easier and easier. It does. And that's what we found when we started doing gaps, you know, just pulling up that direction we were going with diet and nutrition and not having the nourishment we needed and turning that around was so overwhelming. And I thought, I can't do gaps. That's ridiculous I'm not doing that we don't need that and then once we started in and got past that first month or two I was like oh oh this is actually simpler (laughs) than what I was doing um yeah but I actually did a podcast uh, sorry a webinar yesterday with um some ladies that have a business called love your beautiful brain oh it's a program sorry they're neurologists Hang on, one's a neuropsychotherapist and one's a neuronutritionist. And I did a webinar with them on um, just talking about 
how we put so much pressure on each on ourselves and on each other as mums and also how we um, have to learn to advocate for our own children and families because we're going against the flow and it's yeah. really hard but at the same time we need to not um, yeah like we're talking about just not putting so much pressure on ourselves and focusing on what's really important and it all comes back to relationships to connection um, to having joy in life you know if you don't have that foundation everything else is just so much harder absolutely they're the key yeah. look at the blue zones around the mm. world that's what they've got going for them it's yeah it's that at any age people are valued they don't yeah elderly in nursing homes their value they still have a purpose in life um their community their community spirit is so strong their culture around eating food together and dancing and you know enjoying so life <laughs> the movement the yeah that's yeah. so they're not there going how many pieces of kale did i eat today <laughs> my spirulina supplement in and then what about my meat stock how many have yeah. i had two liters and my 12 bed yolks you know that's not what they're yeah doing. that's so right that's not, not counting calories that not. No. and that's not to say we don't need to do things to heal i definitely think we do because mm. we're not just working with uh, an average human body where when for most of us and i know i have is working mm. with a body that's been damaged yeah um, that has gut gut damage or that has something going on so we're trying to repair that and get ourselves back to a state of homeostasis mm. um and then we can relax a bit and, and just focus on the joy in life yeah so this is the kind of things that we talk about at our nourishing your family seminar we also um, talk about nutrition and food and go into really practical um, cooking tips and helping with people who are just starting off with fermenting, really simple fermenting techniques. We demonstrate those. We demonstrate some of our favourite nourishing recipes and you get to taste lots of them. So um, if you haven't booked in yet and you're in the Brisbane or Byron Bay area, you can go to quirkycooking.com.au slash events or you can go to the show notes and click on the link. Um, but yes, hurry because we've got the 6th of November is Brisbane and the 9th of November is Byron Bay. And hopefully for those of you, of you who keep asking, we hope to get around to more places early next year, but obviously we all have to have a break over Christmas because it's good for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's all about bringing in the balance. Yep. And I'm going to, for the first time, I'm actually going to have a break over Christmas. Oh, good girl. No contact. <laughs> With clients, because usually I'm still answering people, I never yeah. actually have a break, so I'm getting that balance for myself and having a full week of nothing. Oh, well done. I always find between Christmas and New Year's, it's such a lovely break because yeah. I just don't feel like I have to answer everything and anything, just like switch off. Everyone else should be switched off too, so it's <laughs> good. All right, well, today we really want to talk about uh, a topic that comes up a lot in um, my gut health program in the private group. Um, we get a lot of people confused about whether they should be working on healing the gut first or whether they should, if they have um, issues with parasites and heavy metals or they think they might, should they go down that route first and clear that all out and then work on healing the gut? And if so, how and 
what comes first, the chicken and the egg, or the egg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And it's yeah. there is also, I just yeah, remembered as well, some of the Dylan's here with me. Hi, Dylan. And he just said, the egg comes first. Oh, he's such a darling. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. You're right. You're right. Um, so another, another area that's kind of in the same topic when people are wondering parasites first, metals first, and it's also people are wondering, do I go and get microbiome stool testing? And then if things come up in there, should I be addressing those first? So like, you know, they've got overgrowth of Klebsiella or something like that. It's like, well, I've got these overgrowths. Do I need to clear that all out and start again? And so, yeah, they're the kind of, Mm. I think that's what people get a bit stopped there in their tracks of like, I don't even know where to start now because I don't know if all these other things are an issue. Yeah, so when when you are um, pretty sure or you think you may have issues with parasites and or heavy metals, they usually go together. Um, we just want to talk about the simplest route to go down, how to start healing um, without feeling super overwhelmed because I think, that's happened with us before where you've got an issue, you know it's an issue, but there's so much information and you don't even know where to begin. So can you start us off, Elise, and I'll ask questions as we go and just where would you start? Sure. So I think one of the best places to start in explaining is to understanding what's going on in the gut when we've got damage to the gut lining, the microbiome, Um, And we have things like heavy metals and parasites going on. So this is just one kind of example of the etiology or like how that all develops over time. And so it usually starts in at birth or in childhood with some kind of gut dysbiosis. So the gut bacteria becomes out of balance. That could be the gut health of the mother when the child was born. It could be that antibiotics were taken during pregnancy, during birth, or um, not long after birth. And it can just be um, medications, stress, food, through childhood. So all the things that can impact on the balance of gut flora for someone. And so when that gut flora is out of balance, that means that we've got an overgrowth of bacteria that are opportunistic that can cause issues when they become overgrown. And so they can start releasing toxins into the gut and that can start causing damage to the gut lining. So then we've got the gut lining, so the cells on the lining of the gut, they rely on good healthy bacteria to nourish them and keep them healthy. And so the gut bacteria is out of balance. We're getting toxicity created in the gut. And then the cells of the gut lining become unhealthy due to the bacteria being unhealthy. And then we end up with, we've got these cells on the, so on the gut lining, there's these finger-like projections, they're called villi, and they're kind of moving everything along. And in the crypts between the villi, which is like, if you imagine finger-like projections, I'm I'm showing you right now, but no one (laughs) I can't help but see. (laughs) So it's like in between your fingers is the crypt and then your fingers are the villi. And so if you just wave them along, then in between the crypts is where the cells of the gut lining are born and they travel up the finger-like projection or your finger um, and then they die at the top and shed off. And so 
that process starts to become interrupted and those cells are born in the crypts and they're not healthy anymore um, and they don't do their job properly when they're travelling up those projections. So basically the result of that is that because of the dysbiosis, the toxicity that was created by that, the cells then being born are unhealthy and then we end up with leaky gut because those cells are not protecting the gut lining properly. And then we have that toxicity that's created because of that imbalance is then travelling through into the blood because on the other side of that gut lining is your blood. And then when the gut is leaky, we then have food not being broken down properly. One, because we don't have the bacteria there. There's an imbalance in the bacteria. It's not breaking down food properly. And then the gut is leaky, so it's actually letting the letting the food through into the blood in a way the body doesn't recognise as food. Because the gut's leaky and those cell junctions are not tight, the food proteins are travelling through into the blood. The body doesn't recognise that as food um, and starts to attack it and treats it as an enemy and then we end up with allergies and autoimmunity. And then with that, that gut's now become a source of toxicity for the rest of the body because the gut's leaky, there's an imbalance, toxins are travelling through into the blood and then we have the toxins then affecting other areas of the body like the joints, organs, brain, they get through the blood-brain barrier and then that leads to a lot of other GAPS-related issues. So you can kind of see the process that it goes through there and why that leaky gut affects the rest of the body. And so what also happens is that other things that can affect us when we have a leaky gut is that our, we've got that toxicity flowing through the body the liver is what we're relying on. The liver's like central station and we're relying on the liver to get those toxins to where they need to go. So they gaseous toxins will head to our lungs to be breathed out. Uh, the fat-soluble toxins will head to the bile to, be, to leave in the stool. And then the water-soluble toxins will head to the kidneys to be removed there, so et cetera, et cetera. So the liver's got a really important job there. Now, if our guts become a source of toxicity, this means that our liver is not going to be very happy and it's not going to be functioning very well. Mm. And it's going to be having trouble doing all of this. And so then on top of that, if you happen to have some genetic mutations that are also impacting on the way your liver detoxes, and then on top of that, if you've been exposed to a lot of toxins, environmental toxins and heavy metals, um, then you have an extra burden on your liver. So it's not able to remove those toxins from your body. That means your gut lining is going to break down even quicker because you're constantly recycling those toxins that can't be dealt with. Um, so then you can see it just starts progressing further from there. And so then the liver is very burdened from maybe metals, maybe other overgrowth of things going on in the body, the gut then becomes a breeding ground for things like Klebsiella um, and other bacteria that can overgrow in the stomach. Um, and then our body also becomes a place that invites in parasites because all this toxicity is going on just like a sturdy swamp will invite in bugs and parasites and bacteria. They actually, a dirty swamp would do that because it's inviting them in to clean it up. Mm. So when we've got all this going on in our body then that's inviting in we're then prone to parasites and getting those different overgrowths and that is our body inviting it in to try and clean it up and same with metals parasites come and actually eat the metals so then we then we have symptoms of parasites on top of that so 
the dysbiosis leading to the leaky gut, leading to some maybe some allergies or intolerances, maybe some autoimmunity, um, maybe that gut brain brain connection, um, digestive symptoms, and then it gets to the point where the liver's not coping anymore. That's usually when you start to get a, a quick kind of downhill when you notice, well, that was a point my health really started to go downhill. That's often when the liver's burdened. And so then on top of that, if we do have metals, other toxins burdening the liver, maybe an underlying genetic mutation that's further burdening the liver, um, you can see how it's all progressing from there. That's then inviting in the parasites and you end up with a bit of a hot mess. Um, so that's, kind of, that's how I like to talk about and track how it all progresses because then that's how we know how to start backpedaling from it um, and start to get things working properly. So often in a case like that, I will see that people are then starting to get dry skin and constipation and um, we can see signs that they're not digesting fat properly, their liver's not producing bile properly because it's all getting stuck in there, wrapping itself around with all the toxins embedded in it and forming bile stones and often people then end up getting their gallbladder out. So yeah. it's not just, okay, suddenly someone has a gallbladder issue. You can see yeah. that if you trace back their history, how it's progressively been developing over time. And then that gives us an insight into, okay, this is how we can start moving back from this. So if I had a client come to me that presented with this, that they had digestive issues, maybe a bit of anxiety and depression, some dry skin, they're suspecting they've got metals, um, something else metals invite to overgrow and protect our body is candida. So when we have metals in our system, candida will also overgrow to try and protect the body from the metals. So they're presenting with maybe thrush or other signs that there's candida issues, maybe sinus infections or something like that. Um, they might be putting on weight around the middle, starting to get adrenal fatigue. There's definite signs that their liver's struggling. Um, they may suspect they have a genetic mutation and metal issues, etc. So the first thing I'd want to be doing is, is start looking at is the liver working and are they digesting fat properly? Um, and so there, that, that's the kind of first step of backtracking for me is, well, if, if we want to heal, they need to be able to detox. And then the other thing that we need to focus on is we need to focus on healing the gut because anything you do in terms of healing, if the gut lining is not healed and sealed, you'll just be pushing toxins into the digestive system that are just leaking straight through into the blood again. Um, so this is the point where a lot of people will come along and they'll go, well, yes, I, I, I think I need to do gaps or I think I need to do gut healing, but I've got all these, I, you know, should I do microbiome testing? Cause I think I've got all these overgrowths or should I focus on those first? And mm. uh, I think I got metals. I think I got parasites. So maybe I'll clear those out first and then, and then, you know, move on to healing the gut. And so to me, I think that's completely backwards because right. We need to heal and seal the gut lining before we do anything else and, and just help the liver, support the liver so that it can start functioning properly. Mm. And it's rather than taking an approach of looking at the body and going, well, what can I get in there and I've got to push this stuff out because there's this stuff in my body that shouldn't be there. There's this candida, there's metals, there's parasites. I want to get them out. So rather than looking at it like that, it's why are they in there and what needs to be strengthened mm. in my body so that my body can get those out. And that is yeah. 
because yeah. your body should naturally be able to work on it. But if if it's all damaged, then it can't. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Strengthen the body, get it working properly, so that it can deal with it. Yeah, and I say to people, it's like if you and your friend go to Bali and you get a bug, you, you, you know, you eat all the same things, drink all the same water, go all the same places, you get a bug and they don't. It's not a matter of exposure. It's a matter of well, like what someone's body is doing and if their gut microbiome is able to take care of that. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's not just as simple as, well, I was exposed to a parasite, so now I have the parasite. And that will ring true for a lot of people in families when they go, oh, well, actually, yeah, only... You know, one of us has a parasite, but another doesn't. Um, yeah. But it can often be the case that everyone has it too because yeah. the, gut, the gut issues might run through the family too. Um, so, yeah. So healing the gut would be my first step. So using the meat stocks, all the things that are the foundational principles of the GAPS protocol and starting to get that nourishment in there. And so then, maybe just um, list them really basically for anyone who may be new. Um, so when you say meat stocks, just yeah so the first one would be the meat stocks um maybe i can give a we can put a link yeah that'd be good i get a lot of people asking about the yeah, difference between right. a bone broth and a meat stock and yeah. how long and what cuts and so we yeah. can just put a link to elisa's article yeah. on that yeah we can do that and then becky also had you did that mm, um, podcast on podcast that. with becky where she explains it a lot in detail as well um but yeah. in a nutshell in a nutshell just, Meat stocks are short cooked and made with cuts with bones, meat, connective tissue. So the examples of what I use for my meat stocks, I use chicken wings, drumsticks, carcass, feet. For a chicken stock, for a lamb stock, I would do shanks. For a beef stock, I'd do a mixture of osso and some um, soup bones mm-hmm. and marrow bones. So, and you're doing chicken two to three hours, lamb and beef four to six hours. Um, and then all the reasons why will be in that article, why yeah. we do why they are more healing than a bone broth so meat stocks are one of the underpinning getting lots of fat in is really important things like cod liver oil organ meats fermented foods Um, so they're all the really foundational healing foods on gaps and then the detox support so that's why the detox support is so important when you look at starting the gaps protocol that's what's spoken a lot about is getting all these healing foods in and getting the detox support in and that's because our first focus is healing the gut lining and sealing that so our body can actually cope with detoxing and then supporting the detox pathway so we can start clearing out that backlog and then what will happen is our body is then able to cope with what's there and start dealing with it. So um, with supporting the liver, we do things like detox baths. So Epsom salt baths are one of the most common detox support things. You can do mag spray on the bottom of the feet. We do things like juicing. We head to a sauna. We swim at the beach every day. I don't have a mm. bath. So that's, that's a great detox bath if you can get out in the sunshine. Um, so there, these are all things you can do. You can also use herbs and um, you know, if you go see a herbalist and get them to make you up a liver support blend, that's something I get most of my clients to do. I find that really helpful. Dandelion tea. Um, so those kind of things, reducing stress, because if we're really stressed, we're putting all those stress hormones straight to the liver to deal with. Um, so that puts a massive load on the liver as well. And I'd say that's probably the first one to deal with. So then we want to, once we start supporting the liver and that's starting to work properly, 
then we can look at what else is going on. And so if there is parasites, if you were to just go in and do a parasite cleanse, what you're doing is you're targeting something that is a symptom rather than the underlying issue. Mm -hmm. So there is a balance between targeting symptoms and the underlying issue. You can target a symptom. For example, if I had someone that wasn't sleeping well, I would suggest a supplement that helps with sleep whilst we deal with the underlying issue because that's not going to do any harm to use a supplement as a bit of a crutch that's going to help with sleep. So overall benefits there, that's going to be helpful. So if we go and deal with a symptom like parasites and try and target that by using a lot of antiparasitic herbs and things like that to target the parasites, it is an approach that can actually do more harm than good because, as I said earlier, the parasites are feeding on metals and when you go in and kill off parasites, they will actually regurgitate those metals back into your system and then you, you're actually going to become more toxic from it. So you're sort of, so, um, you're sort of going backwards, not forwards. Absolutely, absolutely. Because although parasites are one of the symptoms there, what they're dealing with is actually worse. So if you were then to deal with all of the symptoms of the metals that the parasites are actually helped to clear up, you would be much worse off than your parasite symptoms. And so this mm. is the same as with candida. So candida comes and wraps itself around the metals and protects your body from it. So then you have a lot of candida symptoms. So a lot of people will go and see a practitioner about candida and do they might do Nystatin, or, which is an um, antifungal medication or, or other antifungal approaches really targeting we've got to get well we've got to get candida out because it's causing all of these symptoms but the thing that candida is trying to protect you from is much worse and so if we then go and do nystatin antifungals and all the things to kill off candida we're actually releasing mercury into our system which is much worse than the candida so it's really, yeah so it's really important to understand what's underlying and what is a symptom mm. when we're approaching things. And I find that the approach of many practitioners, even more alternative practitioners, is still very based on the Western medical model of go in and attack. Yeah. Looking, digging, 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 what is the actual underlying cause here, what's actually going on that we need to deal with. So the way I like to approach parasites and metals is always first healing the gut. And I'll probably spend at least six months working with my, um, I will have, I will want them to have been spending at least six months on a healing diet. It might not have been exactly full gaps, but they might be on a really good paleo style whole food diet with lots of stocks and fats and, that kind of thing. Like I will want them to have been doing that for a while to start that healing process to support their liver and get that healing happening. Mm. And they might find, might find that their candida has reduced a bit because um, just just naturally with the yep. healing they're doing without pushing anything. That's what we found with GAPS because my daughter, who was 17 at the time, had candida and within six months of starting GAPS, her symptoms were gone probably less than that yeah yeah it wasn't pushing hard and 
doing all crazy things to get rid of it. It was just doing a healing diet. Yeah, and that's the kind of approach we need to take because a couple of things that we have in there, candida is very opportunistic, so it'll overgrow more than it needs to. Mm. Uh, and so you, without even dealing with any metals, candida can become more under control just from healing the gut and getting the liver working better and, and just that natural clearing of metals that will happen too um, mm. through gaps. So some people can do gaps alone and find they don't need to do anything else to address metals. And some people will get to that point where they have done gaps for a while and they're still getting symptoms, still getting candida symptoms, still getting dark circles under the eyes is a big one. But are we wanting to see how someone healing and, and see a lot of progress before we then start addressing metals? Yeah. Uh, and it's the same with parasites. So with worms, I will, and Dr. Natasha does recommend using Vermox. So not Convantrum, it is Mabendazole. Um, Vermox and you can use other brands but as long as it's just it's 100 milligrams of mebendazole is the dose um, so that is safe to use for worms um, and if you do see worms it is good to clear them so it's just take take mebendazole you can do the take it three days in a row and again two weeks later mm-hmm. um, so it is good to clear worms they're, they're not the deep-seated kind of parasites that we're usually getting on gaps well for people with gut issues like diantamoeba fragilis and blastocystis hominis and other parasites like that mm. liver flukes and pancreatic flukes and all those fun little things that can come along um so worms is something that i think is is good to just clear with um with ver- because they end up getting up into the reproductive system and can cause lots of problems there as well. And so that's something that you can just take Vermox and you're not going to get any symptoms from it. Sometimes you might get a loose stool after it, but you don't really get any die-off or anything from just dealing with worms. Um, but it's the other parasites that get in there and they're feeding on the metals and and we don't want to push them really hard. So I will sometimes do a little bit of antiparasitic maybe like some olive leaf extract but never for very long and never pushing very hard so we might just do it if we're on intro and we're having trouble moving through the stages and i suspect that parasites might be hindering our progress and so i might do just a gentle approach with some olive leaf extract just to give them a little bit of a nudge but nothing big no big cleanses and um and taking lots of antiparasitic stuff and going through all the die-off and really, yeah, I've just seen people have really horrendous outcomes when trying to take that approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a bit of a worry. So, and it's also, we, we need to look at health and every, any step that you're deciding to take, it can't be a leap. Mm, if you take a good, good point. No, if you're taking a step where you're like, all right, this is really full on, I'm going to do this thing and I've got to do all this stuff and it's a big change and really hardcore, it's the red flag should be coming up because mm. that's when you really rock the boat and then you're going to need to recover. And when we're looking at the overall picture, we are aiming for vitality, like feel better. And so we need to be taking care of the body and building up and getting it stronger and nourishing it. So if, you, if you're kind of taking the approach where it's like, well, I've got to slam it, I've got to just go really hard and get heaps of detox and die off and just it'd be horrendous for a bit, but then I'll heal. 
it's, it's mm. when you really think about it, it does not make any sense. It's funny. Um, I know this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but it just reminded me a good illustration. Um, I watched a YouTube video yesterday of a lady who did a 25 day water fast and she was chronically ill with, um, uh, colitis or no, the other one, the really Crime. bad Crohn's or yeah, one of those. And she, it actually made, it ended up making her so much worse because she got a bacteria in the water she was drinking on the fast. And, um, she ended up, she said she could tell she was getting sicker and sicker. She was vomiting and diarrhea constantly, but she kept going because she was like, no, I have to push through. Even though I'm feeling worse and worse and worse, I'm bleeding and diarrhea and this and this and this. And I, now I can't even drink one sip of water without throwing oh. it up. But she kept pushing because she was like, no, I have to push through this. It's got to be hard and then it'll come out. But, you know, when you, that's a red flag. Like if you're really suffering and, you know, having terrible reactions, that's a red flag to pull back. And, you know, sometimes we get this um, idea that, no, if I just push through, then I'll be okay. But, you know, our body gives us warning signals. <laughs> and I think GAPS has a bit of a reputation for that as well. Mm. And really try and pull people back from that yeah yeah I started as a gaps now I did have lots of clients where I did I did push them to go straight to intro it was like well intro is where it's at that's what we're going to do but what I noticed is that the clients that came to me that were like oh, I've been I've actually been on full gaps for quite a while with my family and now we want to do intro I'd find that we breeze through and so yeah. I'm like looking at these people going well the ones that have done full gaps for six months to a year before it, they're just breezing through interest. Mm-hmm. It's just so much easier. They're healing. They're getting further along in their healing journey yeah. than people that have just jumped straight in. So I completely changed the way I was practicing. And now it is very rare that I will just start on intro with someone mm-hmm. and it'll generally be because we just don't have any other choice. They're yeah so sick or they're so intolerant there is just nowhere else to start um i I think that happened with us too because we were working towards a grain-free diet sort of more paleo style for a fair while and then we did full gaps and then we did intro and then we healed really quickly on intro and so then when people would say to me oh it's you know, intro is so hard and it's taking us so long and I would be thinking, oh, I wonder why it was so easy for us. But now looking back, I can see we did all that groundwork. Yeah, and that groundwork is so important. And Mm. a lot of, I I know that there's a bit of a culture around it. It's like, oh, well, we just jumped straight in and went hard. Mm. Just pushed through and I've even (laughs) people say like, oh, and we didn't even use the honey fat bombs. Like we just just, just pushed through. Um, And so I feel like stronger and all that (laughs) yeah so I feel like there is um a bit of misconception Mm. around it and a bit of misinformation because when we're looking at helping the body to heal we need to be restoring health and so when we just jump straight into intro that causes oxidative stress um you're putting a massive burden on a liver that's already probably not coping fatty liver not fatty liver from that too Mm. and so it can put so much burden on the body when that's just completely unnecessary and I really see it as like, okay, this is where we're at. All right, how can we start pulling up the freight train that's heading in the wrong direction and get the momentum heading in the other direction? 
yeah. and that's gradual just bringing in those healing foods supporting the liver moving on to full gaps spending some time there seeing things improve mm. that, oh well i've noticed this is better this is better because full gaps is a very healing diet and some people can do that and never do intro yeah and well we've got all we needed from it and, and things are great so i think it's you know you can see more what's going on and understand more about your body when you take it slowly so if anyone's encouraging you to do a drastic protocol that it's like okay you're here and then you're going to start this protocol and you've got to go all the way over here to start it that it's like quite drastic and you got to do and take all these things i think run the other direction because anything like that it just rocks the boat so much and it takes so much time to ride itself and cause so much stress on the body we just need take those small steps that we're constantly feeling better there may be waves of detox and that's normal Mm. we're strengthening the body so it can deal with that and that's not a big stress and i think it's just so important to look after your mental health too especially as you know as a mum and you're having to help everybody else um you can't be losing it you know and absolutely exhausted and stressed out and in bed feeling dreadful every day you know you've got to take it slowly and just be patient <laughs> and that's what's hard for us we don't like so being hard. patient <laughs> and when there's so many other people's stories out there mm. and you think oh well this person's doing gaps and their kids and this is what's happened you want to do it because you mm. want you want to get that healing for your child as well and you want to do the best for them so i think it's just changing that misconception around what is the best because i think the best you can do for your child is to take those gradual steps yeah, so that their body copes well with it every step of the way. And don't you think it's so important to step back and look and think, um, does this make sense? Like, is this common sense? Like I see so many people taking really drastic, um, say diet changes or something um, that, when you look at it, it doesn't have all the nutrients they need or maybe, like I don't want to name any particular diets, but I, I've been on YouTube too much lately, obviously, <laughs> but someone sent me a link um, showing people on a certain diet and just like lots and lots and lots of clips all joined together um, of people on a certain diet and they were really malnourished and they were they were so come on you have to tell us what the day <laughs> no 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 but they were so um sure that they were doing the right thing but they couldn't see like people outside looking in looking on them that go wow they're so skinny and they're not, like i look at that it, it actually kept me awake that night because i remembered being like that myself mm. not because i wanted to be like that not because i wanted to be on a strict diet but because my food wasn't wasn't nourishing me because my gut was wrecked. Yeah. Um, I could eat as much as I wanted and as much whole food as I wanted and organic and whatever, and I still wasn't getting the nourishment. I still had dark circles under my eyes. I was super skinny. I had yeah. low energy. Um, I was aging faster than I should have been. My hair was thin. I had bad skin. Um, I had the mood stuff. I had the anxiety and these people are exhibiting all these things on a diet basically that says, um, you know, you can't have fats, you can't have proteins that unless it's a small amount from certain foods. And, you know, it was very restrictive. And I just think, you know, when we look at how people have eaten for thousands of years, 
and how they've thrived on you know foods that are natural and whole and that's the kind of foods we should be focusing on um i don't know it just i just really it really came to my mind that we can get so caught up in a um a mindset that doesn't even make sense yeah and then once you've committed yourself to it it's hard to then turn around from it yeah and i know people look at gaps sometimes and say oh but it's restrictive yeah but this is a this is not a like lifetime restriction it's you, you take some things out as you heal and then you bring them back in like they're whole foods you bring yeah, absolutely um, and it, when I read the Gaps book, it totally made sense. Yeah, it does. It it's like traditional foods, healing foods, foods that have always been in the human diet. Um, it's not anything weird, um, you know, and, and, I've, and I've seen the benefit. I've seen the results. Um, and, yeah. and you have to do Gaps. We're definitely not saying that, but we're saying look at the foods you're eating. Are they biologically human foods <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. are they what feeds and nourishes yeah um, and i'm proud to say that i now eat potatoes yeah <laughs> so well, there's no shame in eating potatoes just <laughs> yes um, yeah, yeah but that, that then that's what got me with gaps and mm. i heard about gaps three years before i ever did it because i looked at it like that too i'm like oh my gosh i could never do that um mm. but that's what i love about it is that it's not saying, well, this food, this food, and this food, these are bad and these are good. And yeah, exactly. Really about, this is, you know, things like potatoes. They're out because they're starches. And whilst that can be a really good thing, when you've got dysbiosis, it's not a good thing. So mm. it's like they just come out while we heal this stuff and then you can actually bring those back in. You can even bring some people can tolerate homemade sourdough again. Um, mm. I can do very small amounts very occasionally now. Yes, me too. I don't yeah. seem to get any problems from it, but I still don't go crazy with it. <laughs> yeah, so which is, that's really exciting. Mm. Um, and I really enjoy it when I have it because really there is no other replacement for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I love that about GAPS, that the aim is to get back to a whole food diet where whatever you consider a, a whole food in where you live and what's, um, what's local to you and what's in your area, you can do your whatever traditional diet that's based on the whole foods. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm dying. Actually, this is another rabbit trail. I'm dying to try injera. Have you ever tried making that, the um, Ethiopian yeah. bread made from teff? Because all that is is fermented teff and water. Okay, I'll try it. Um, it was on, so that gluten-free cooking show that's just started up, I'll just give them a little plug, Loving Gluten-Free. <laughs> yeah. um, it's on SBS Food on Thursday nights at 8.30 and Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. It's also on SBS On Demand. Um, but they showed how to make it on there last night and I was like, that looks so easy. I want to make that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it a go. You have to send yeah. it. Yeah, I will. I think the recipe should be on if it's not, it'll be online. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, things like that are such simple whole foods that have been traditional foods for thousands of years. Yeah, and where um, the grains are prepared properly. That's right, yeah. So nourishing. And you don't have to feel like you're missing out. You know, you just keep discovering new foods you can try, really, <laughs> when you start yeah. eating whole, whole traditional foods. Yeah, exactly. And when I... I look at the way that we eat and how much we enjoy our food. And when someone says it's restrictive, it just makes me laugh now. Yeah. <laughs> so not restrictive. I love no. everything 
I eat. I can have chocolate. I can have cakes. I can have yeah. all the things and all the fat and all the butter. I'm like, I don't feel restricted. <laughs> no. no, I just restrict myself from um, refined junk food. That's what I restrict myself from. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And that's like that makes you feel crap anyway. So yeah. I don't even see it as a restriction. It no. No desire. <laughs> Once you come off eating that stuff, I used to be a junk food addict. I was so yeah. And so I didn't think I'd never not like it. Yeah. But now it does not appetise me at all. It's no. like to that point where it doesn't, you know, that kind of food doesn't taste good anymore. I know I've totally gone off track now, but I also have to mention that I'm going to post a recipe today on my blog for um, chicken. My fried chicken. Oh my gosh, I saw the picture. <laughs> I was like, I need that recipe. I need to make that fried chicken. I just grew up eating fried chicken probably once a week because my parents are from Texas. But it was, uh, mum fried it in lard when we were young, um, yeah. but she did use wheat flour. Um, yeah. So I, I changed it over to buckwheat and it's beautiful. And I usually use olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, and that's fine. Um, and I also have a, a GAPS version, which is almond meal and coconut flour. And um, you partially fry it and then you bake it to finish it yeah. off. So, so um, and then it's got a buttermilk gravy that goes with it. It's so good. So I'm going to try and get that up today, hopefully. Please, please, please send it to me because we're okay. I'll it. send it to you. you can trust it. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. I hope, hope that um, you know where you're up to because I've forgotten. <laughs> well, I think we kind of covered it. I think yeah. that was a good insight into um, into the the kind of approach we need to take and why. I think it's so important for to understand why because when you mm. understand the whole process and you think of the body as a whole picture and what's going on in there it makes it easier to get okay like all right like that's why we need to focus on the gut first and yeah. doing all the testing and that's that's why I don't do all the testing um yeah. from your podcast because I think I've said a few times that I don't like testing so I'll get new clients and I'll be like oh I have some testing but you, I know you don't like testing but should I send you through <laughs> the results anyway <laughs> not that I don't like I, I, I do like to see testing. You don't like it's unnecessary not. testing because it yes, costs a lot like and that. it's not really useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly, when it's not useful. So yeah. there's some tests that I do and will have a really good reason and it will somehow yeah. affect the outcomes. But I see a lot of people coming to me with so much testing they've done and spent so much money and I, I feel like if I'm going to suggest a test to someone, I'm telling them to spend their money. And to me that's really like a yeah. big deal. It's so, quite um, a responsibility for you and you need to make sure that it's necessary. Yeah, it just needs a good attitude to have. Right. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Elise. That was really helpful. And if any of you have more questions, um, like specific questions for Elise, you can contact her on her website, elisecomerford.com. Um, yep. There's a contact page. Um, and she also has Facebook. Yes, facebook.com slash Elise Health and I'm at Elise Nutritionist on Instagram. But I really think the best option would be book a ticket to Byron Bay and come for the weekend. And then we can have so much fun. We can, like we'll be hanging out at the beach and the cafes and we'll have a seminar and cooking class, right? I know. I, know. I can't wait to show you all around the bay. I can't Not that been here, but, you know. Elise reckons that she's going to teach me to surf, but I don't know if that'll work. Yes, that is. <laughs> it's going to be a surf lesson. You can come stand on the beach and watch and laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs>
we'll probably be at the pass. We'll go to the pass. In oh, great. <laughs> We're not telling you when, though, so you have to just turn up. <laughs> CFCS. <laughs> oh. I can't wait. I'm going to post a photo of Elise surfing. Elise is a surfer. She is a surf lifesaver and she even <laughs> is trained. Am I allowed to tell them? Yes, you can tell them. Training for, what are you training for? Uh, so I'm training to compete in the surf lifesaving carnivals. Woo! Yeah. So exciting. I used to compete um, paddling in like stand-up. Most people don't realise that there's competitive stand-up paddleboarding and lots of long-distance racing. Like I've got a massive stand-up paddleboard that's like 14 foot long and we go do massive long races out in the ocean. Um, So, yeah, I've been out of it for a while because of parenting, but now I'm getting into surf life-saving and I'm going to, yeah, I've been training to start competing in the carnivals for that. I think I'll just come watch you. Yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fun. All right, so um, Byron Bay, 9th of November. I nearly said 9th of November, yes. 9th of November, which is a Saturday, which means, and we made it a daytime one, so that's nice and fun. Yeah. And we can go out that night somewhere in Byron. Mocktails. Maybe mocktails. Good idea. I think that's a good Kombuchas. (laughs) (laughs) Free mocktails. (laughs) You can find all the healthy stuff in in Byron Bay. Yeah, (laughs) definitely can. Or if you're in Brisbane, definitely Brisbane sixth. It's a it's a Wednesday night yeah. in Brisbane, and it yeah. we, we've moved the seminar time back a little so that it finishes at nine, so um, to make it a little bit easier for a weeknight. So yeah. hopefully we'll see you there at one of those. Otherwise, we'll try and get to where you live um, soon. I've just had another question on on Facebook saying. Um, can you, I have one question for your podcast. Are you and Elise planning to come to Adelaide? <laughs> no, and that's if you are listening and you want to come to where you are, say it because when we get a yeah. lot of people in one place, that makes us go, okay, well, we should really go we there. We really need to go there, yeah. So, you know, it's the loudest places yeah. get the seminars. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys, and thank you so much, Elise, for all your information. Pleasure. Um, and Links in the show notes, guys. And, of course, you can always email me at help at quirkycooking.com.au and we hope to, hope to be back in two weeks. Okay, bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.